The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, um, we thought it'd be good, um, and many of you have probably been studying whiteness, racism, and some of you maybe haven't as as um, as much. But we thought it'd be good just for this last class to give kind of a basics grounding. What do we even mean when we're talking about race, particularly in this country, when we're talking about racism? So I'm just going to offer a very brief um, history. Um, and not just history, but but how does history inform the present and what we even the word race, what does that mean to us? Why does it mean what it means? And all of that we can understand a lot more deeply if we look at history. Um, And I think the most important point that I want to make, and like I said, a lot of this won't be new to to many of you, um, but is that question of what race is... um, Um, for example, there was one um, feedback um, that we got that was someone wondering why we were talking a lot about whiteness and blackness or black people. And and they were saying, well, there are a lot of other races. Um, and that's because of the history um, of this country in particular um where black people people of african descent were enslaved for centuries oppressed and a lot of a lot of energy was put into that and a lot of um the wealth of this country was built on that so there was um so that so just that question that comes out of the our contemporary way of understanding race which is basically that race is real and pe- there are different races and um maybe at least for me in school I learned we should treat everyone the same so kind of this color blindness but that's ass- already assuming that race is real but I like this quote from Tanahasi Coates in Between the World and Me where he says, race is the child of racism, not the father. So race is the child of racism, not the father. So racism, or sorry, race was an invention of racism, which was an invention of exploitation and a need to justify really horrendous genocide and enslavement. So um, some of what I'll be sharing is in our lobby in this resources manual. So feel free whenever you're at the center and you have some time to look through this. And one of the pieces is just a really short 10 myths about race from PBS. 
so this is exposing our conventional ideas about race and where those come from that we might never have questioned. Um, So I'll just go through them. One, race is a modern idea. Two, race has no genetic basis. Not one characteristic trait or even gene distinguishes all the members of one so-called race from all the members of another so-called race. Three, human subspecies don't exist. Four, skin color really is only skin deep. Traits are inherited independently, like skin color, eye shape, hair form. Most variation, five, most variation is within, not between races. So, for example, two random Koreans may be as genetically different as a Korean and an, and an Italian. Six, slavery predates race. So through much of human history, there have been, there's been enslavement, often as a result of conquest or war, but not because of physical characteristics. Due to a unique set of historical circumstances, in this country was the first system of enslavement where the enslaved people shared similar physical characteristics. Seven, race and freedom evolved together. And this is one that... Um, I'll explore a little bit more. But I think that's an important point. Race and freedom evolve together, and enslavement and democracy in this country happened together and really weren't necessarily... They were contradictory, but they were also the reason that this country could experiment with democracy was that there was this whole underclass of enslaved people providing all of the the resources for and then for then then there was immediately the white class which everyone in the white class was above all of the enslaved people it doesn't matter if you were a poor white and you can really see this distinction in when you look at history because it wasn't always that way, because um, it, it was institutionalized over the first century of colonization. But there were rebellions in the beginning with white indentured servants who were treated very poorly and enslaved Africans working together um, to burn down Jamestown in one instance. But the white indentured servants had some rights because they were um, they were still subjects of the crown. So they still had some rights. So that was one of the reasons that it um, they turned to enslaving more Africans. And then justifying it through the laws, prohibiting intermarriage, and really codifying this class, this difference in class. Eight, race justified social inequalities as natural. Nine, race isn't biological, but racism is still real. And ten, color blindness will not end racism. Pretending race doesn't exist is not the same as creating equality. 
race is more than stereotypes and individual prejudice. To combat racism, we need to identify and remedy social policies and institutional practices that advantage some groups at the expense of others. So probably most of you have heard this, basically, that race isn't real, but then we have the reality that we live in. So history is what explains that. And I think um, in that article I sent, I don't know how many of you got a chance to read it, but I really recommend it, The Case for Reparations by ta Coates. And a lot of what he's um, exploring is our national identity and and what we learned about this country and and the and the reality um, that you can't separate this country and its founding and everything that it was built on from this system of the most cruel exploitation and enslavement. And it really yeah, it really challenges any notion of um, believing in myths of um, of this country being the greatest country. There's a Yeah, there's there's a lot in that article, so I won't go through all of it in the interests of time. But one thing he he says is that by putting by codifying in this way us really a underclass of people, they put it beyond the realm of politics so that like I was mentioning with the rebellion, there wasn't that opportunity because people were completely, completely oppressed. Um, so then it was beyond the realm of politics. So what race allowed was for this, this division in the mind where you can have these beautiful ideals of democracy, which it seems like people really believed in, and and at the same time have the most flagrant contradiction, but race was the idea that that made that okay. Similarly with the stealing of land and the genocide of the native people. So I think this is really important, even though, like I said, probably most people here know a lot of this already, but um, but it's not, at least for me, doesn't seem like it was taught in quite this way to me. Um, and it's it's just like what we do in our meditation practice where we're understanding cause and effect and how things come about. 
And so, but you, at least I notice just in casual conversations with people about race, an ignorance of what race is. And even with, for example, my sisters um, who are passionate about anti-racism, still that belief in race as a, as a real topic, so as a real reality, and that um, instead of understanding it as a, a specific historic occurrence, um, that has specific consequences for certain groups of people, for example, like I feel like sometimes, like in that comment that we got, that well-intentioned comment, like why do we talking so much about black people when there's all these other races, but that's a historic um, legacy of how African-Americans have endured the most direct exploitation of any group, um, Native Americans, of course, suffered Im- immensely, but they were not right in the middle of the system of economic and political power directly exploited. So there was more history there. And then other groups, obviously, have been are subject to racism, newer immigrant groups, but there isn't that same legacy and it doesn't mean that there isn't racism against other groups. But it just, I find that interesting how we're, we don't even question that what race is and where it came from. We just assume, yeah, there's different races. We need to treat everyone the same and then we'll all get along. When really it's, no, there's this deep wound from specific events and it needs to be understood in order to be addressed. And the, the legacy, ta Coates says it in that article when he's talking a lot about reparations, which, and he really talks about that as most importantly being this country reckoning with its history in a really clear way, owning up to it. But he says something like, the way colorblindness now wants to pretend racism is over is like running up a credit card bill and then saying that, well, we've stopped spending, so why is there still a balance? I think I'll leave my comments there so we'll have plenty of time to discuss. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.